In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! On today's show, it is all about the stock market. The longer the 2022 downturn goes, the harder it can be to stay committed to your goals. How to take advantage of a down market straight ahead. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Hi, everybody. Welcome in. I'm Scott Inman. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. John Shrewsbury and Janet Walker with me. And we mentioned in the open, it's going to be all about the market again. This second straight week, we have talked nothing but about the market. The longer this goes, I think, I think that's important to highlight. You know, the all-time highs in the market were a distant memory now. You know, back in January when this thing started to go south, and it wasn't an immediate fear, I don't think, that gripped most investors. It, but it, the longer it goes on, the harder it is to really swallow. Yeah. And I, I think that that obviously the antidote to fear is education yep. and understanding. And that's what we want to dedicate this show to. Now, oftentimes we come on on our show, uh, whether you're listening on our live stream today or you're listening on Saturday on the radio, doesn't matter. We come on and we talk about financial topics. Today, we're going to go financial education, helping you to understand, number one, what's happening in the markets and what have you. But secondly, more importantly, is how you take Take advantage of it or how you don't get bit by it. And frankly, it's going to be a completely different thing than what you might think. Uh, because the instinct, I think, is anytime you're fearful, Janet, it's run. At least yeah. for me, it is. It's like, let me get out of here. Well, I, I don't know exactly what the Warren Buffett quote is, but when he talks about, you know, when everybody else is fearful and they're running out of the market, that's when you need to be running into the market. When everybody is fearful, be greedy. And when everybody else is greedy, be fearful. And right now, what you're seeing is the general population population is fearful. So mm-hmm. the wisdom of of Warren would and of Gen Wealth would say you need to be greedy. Now we're we're not, you know, I don't like the word greedy normally the way it's used, but what that's telling you is stay invested. Take don't advantage. run from it. Yeah. yeah. Take exactly. advantage of the down market. I you know, you talk about the education. I actually looked up today before we went on the show Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. We're all familiar with that mm-hmm. on some level, or at least you it resonates that at some point in school we were taught that. The first level on that uh, pyramid are, is a need, the need for survival, basically. You right. know, food, air, water, uh, sleep, those things. But right after that, safety. And, and I thought this quote was interesting, the uh, website I found talking about it. People want to experience order, predictability, and control in their lives and when you look at the, well first of all yeah laugh because yeah. that's very unlikely in general yeah that we're going to have a lot of that especially now in your financial situation yes. with looking at the markets so if you look at the stock market we haven't had order we haven't had predictability and certainly we've felt like there's been a lack of control but as to john's point the antidote to fear is education and i think that where you get your education is the first place we should start here. You know, I spent a lot of time on the television news in the broadcast news industry, and by no means am I trying to uh, diminish the importance of the news media, but by nature, the general television news broadcast, and I'm not talking about CNBC where they're talking about it 24-7, but the general 
news broadcast is not really going to tell you how the stock market did in any particular given day or even a four-month time period unless it is doing poorly. You think about that. How often yeah. have you seen uh, a general news story about the stock market reaching all-time highs or the stock market was up big today or look at the bull market run over the last 18 months? Very rarely does that get reported. So I think for a person who doesn't watch it every day, and we do have clients that do watch it every day, but we have a lot of clients that they just get their monthly statement. Yeah. That well, they're not paying attention until the monthly statement comes in, but they may be watching the news. So my point here is, is they may be thinking we're in a nosedive that has been down every day because the only time they see that it's been down is when the news tells them. It's the financial version of the phrase I know you're very familiar with from your, your history as an anchorman, and that is, if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah, right. And so if the market is bleeding, so to say, then it's a story. Right. But if it's not, it's not a story anymore. Yeah. I'm just going to call it what it is. It's financial pornography is what yeah. it is. It is alluring. It's, it's exciting. It's like, oh, let me... I need to pay attention to this. And and here's the problem. If you are getting that kind of input all day, every day mm -hmm. from what you consider to be reputable news sources, and you don't ever hear the other side of the story, if you don't ever hear perspective on that, and I talked a lot about perspective last week, but if you don't ever hear perspective, then you're, you're very myopic about what's going on. You're very focused in on that, as I called it last week, that that looking through the knothole of the fence, your perspective is skewed. And so today, what we want to do is to give you some really good perspective. And, mm -hmm. and I think I'd like to start, Scott, with talking about uh, the, the ways that you actually lose money in the market and that this is really more wisdom than it is news but the way that you can lose money in the market is really two ways one is to go and invest in a company one company and put all of your your stake in that one company and then that company goes broke and this is this goes back to mama always told you not to put all your eggs in one basket that's I mean, right it is common wisdom to not do that in other areas don't do it financially but, either. But people do that all the right. time. You know, right. how many people have we seen go, you know, oh, well, I'm going to not invest in the market. I'm going to invest in Bitcoin. How does that work? You know, yeah. How's that working Especially for you Especially right these now? days, yeah. And so, no, it's not a counterbalance to the market. It actually does go down too. So the one way that you can do that is invest all of your money in one thing and go, okay, I'm just going to invest in one thing and that's it. And then uh, hook or crook, uh, we're either going to win or lose. Oftentimes that ends up not being a great deal. So you can lose money that way. The second and most common way that you can lose money in the market is to invest in a diversified portfolio and for whatever reason, get scared out of that portfolio and then not get back into that portfolio until after it rebounds. And if you stop and think about the psychology of this, Janet, it is really interesting because when people get scared out of the market, mm -hmm. what is the one thing they always say? I'm going to wait until things get better. That's right. And what is the number one indicator of when things are better? Well, the market is up at that mm -hmm. point and people yeah. feel better. So that means that you've missed the, the upturn on that. And, and what you've already done is you've, you've actually 
fulfilled your worst expectation yeah. is that you've sold at you you've been talked out of the market and by you've yourself sold, yeah by yeah. yourself and you've sold when the the horse is out of the barn so to speak it, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy as we're fond of saying but guys think as advisors every advisor on our team has been in a client meeting room when somebody has said well, we've lost money. I mean, since the last time we were in here, we've we've lost, you know, however much, whatever the it, the value might be for them at any particular point. And the response is, did you sell anything? Because as I as I look at your your statement here, it still shows that you hold these. So the value has fluctuated, but we've not sold anything. And there, that is really important to understand. I understand the emotion of a negative fluctuation in the market. Now, the emotion of a positive, everybody's like, whoa, this is fabulous. When it goes the other direction, and that's what happens, guys. It goes up, it goes down. Okay, this is what happens. Over time, if you give it time, the market tends to heal itself. But if you look at it and you go, we're down, well, relative to what or relative to when? If you say we've lost money, does that mean in the past 12 months or does that mean in the past three years? That's probably you're still positive. You know, it, it, guys, if we look at, we've got some information today about kind of where the S&P is relative to different time points. And I want to talk about that in just a moment. But before we dive into that, I would also ask you, are you looking at where you are relative to your plan? Right. Because that's really what matters. Set aside all the emotion that the TV and your telephone and your neighbor and everybody else is going to fill your head with and look at where you are relative to your plan. Yeah, I, I think it's important, too, when we talk about getting out of the market. I think that takes two forms. I think a lot of people may be, uh, because of fear, they may decide to move everything into cash and just totally be risk off the table. But a lot of people may just want to say, hey, I need to get more conservative. I need to get more safe. Back to that right. desire for safety. Well, think about the problem with that because you've ridden the elevator down right and now you're going to get safer and, and ensure basically that you're not going to ride it all the way back up. Yeah, Scott, stock market losses almost are always temporary unless you screw it up Mm -hmm. okay and if you screw it up and and actually realize a loss by selling in a down market then you know that that and i think all the way back to 1926 you can look at any kind of pullback we've ever had in the market those stocks in large cap stocks growth companies that we prescribe for people to have in their long-term portfolio those stocks have always rebounded they always have have recovered losses and went on to to big new highs but here's something for you to think about very very pertinent in this day and time is that when you think about the fact that stock market losses tend to be temporary ask yourself what tends to be permanent Mm. well what tends to be permanent are purchasing power losses Mm -hmm. you think about that how many Mm -hmm. times have you ever seen prices go down yeah, not any. They don't. Or for a short time, maybe. Right. For yeah. a month or two. Maybe a right. month yeah. or two or something yeah. like that. But in general, general prices of things always go up. Yep. That's the inflation rate. Mm-hmm. We're seeing higher inflation yep. now. Yep. And we are assured that it's going to cost more tomorrow than it does today, whatever right. item it basically is. So you've got to have the ability to have your money keeping pace with inflation because inflation is permanent stock market losses are really very temporary. 
Well, and let's distinguish between stock market losses and your investments. Because, guys, I think a lot of times, again, going back to what people are, are listening to, and we'll just call it their news feed, whatever the source may be, they're listening to what is the market doing. Okay, but what are your investments? Because your investments probably don't look exactly like the S&P 500. Mm -hmm. Your investments should be more diversified than that. So while you're hearing the report of the markets, what's your market doing? Everybody probably saw, a lot of people probably saw this commercial. I think it ran during the Super Bowl. It had, I think it was Matt Damon on, and they were were advertising crypto, and they were saying, the fortune favors the brave. Yeah, guy in outer space taking the big step, you know, that guy's brave. Yeah, every brave thing. How's that working out now? Yeah, Yeah, how is that working out now? (laughs) I would say that you need to change that phrase. Mm. The, The real phrase needs to be, and this is backed up by history, of, of the markets and what have you, is that fortune actually favors the prepared and the patient and the diversified. If you look at, at where we are in the markets and in the economy and that type of thing, fortune favors the prepared, the diversified, and the patient. Now, what do we mean by prepared? We talked on the show last week about the fact that if you've got cash, you got plenty of income coming in and it's not like you have to sell something and create a realized loss in the market. Look, markets are going to go up and markets are going to go down. That's how you actually get the good returns over time that you get in the market is that you are taking risk and you're mm-hmm. getting rewarded for that risk. If you are just thinking about this in terms of you know, absolute return and and making progress all the time, you're just not going to get that in the market. And any other place that you do make steady progress over time is probably going to be very low return because the the risk reward quotient is in there. So let's talk about the markets, you know, that generic term term that we all love so much. We're going to look at the S&P 500. Again, your investments are probably not a a you know mirror image of what the S and P five hundred is giving us. But let's talk about what people are really focusing on, and I would say that that is a year to date of the S and P five hundred. So if you look at year to date, and this is through May 9th, but if you look at that, the S and P is down sixteen point twenty six percent. So down sixteen point twenty six percent. Actually, let's yet. change. Go to the next slide, Casey, if you would, because this is uh, for two thousand. 21. This is year to date as of 5-9 of 22. So just a few days ago, this is the S&P 500 year to date if you're watching on our live stream. So yeah, for those of us who are joining, for those who are joining us on Facebook or on YouTube and catching this live, you can see the, the chart that we're talking about. So year to date, the S&P is down 16.26%. But let's give this a little bit of perspective. In 2021, it was up 26.89%. So if you were in it in 2021, you were up for that full year, 26.89%. But now let's look at the reality of the picture from 2021, so January of 2021 through May 9th. So guys, at this point, we're not looking at where am I year to date or where am I uh, just in whatever shorter period of time. But from January of last year, including the downturn of this year, you're actually still positive 6.26%. Now, yes, we've had a downturn from the high point, but if you're staying invested, 
If you're not withdrawing from these sources, guys, this is a a critical, frankly, a very critical illustration of why we do buckets for our retirees, because we know these downturns are are coming. We're going to talk in just a little bit on the show about what the second year of any presidential term normally looks like, and particularly the second quarter of the second year. That's what we're in. We knew this was going to look ugly. Uh, We didn't know about Russia and Ukraine, you know, there's a lot of details that we didn't know as far as the why, but this is this is normal to be down during this period of time. If you plan for it, as we've talked about today, you get to take advantage of the market being down. So if you take a look at that, and we don't have that for a visual for our live stream audience, so we'll just kind of go over this uh, verbally. But LPL Research provided a, not that long ago, a quarter-by-quarter look through the presidential term, okay? So if you break out a four-year presidential term into quarters and you take a look at what historically the S&P 500 index has done, what kind of performance it's had, there have really only been two quarters that have been negative. Quarter number one of the first year, so the moment that the new president gets inaugurated, it's been on average down 0.2%, so you could really just call that flat. But the only other one that's been significantly or negative at all, and it's been more significant, is the quarter that we're in now. The second quarter of the second year Mm -hmm. of a presidential term, the average S&P 500 return is negative 2.1%. And we're in it. We're in it right now. Now, every year has its own unique headwinds and tailwinds. There's no question about that. But historically speaking, this is the worst quarter of a presidential term. Now, let me point out the other side of that. In two quarters from now, quarter four, of the second year of a presidential term and quarter one of the third year. So the end of this year and the beginning of next. Have historically been the best performing quarters of a presidential term, on average up 6.6% and 7.4% respectively. So let me speak to uh, maybe someone who's out there watching this and going, well, if you guys are so smart, why didn't you pull all your money out of the market before <laughs> it went down? And and that's obviously a, a kind of a reactionary uh, you know comment that someone can make. But our job is not market timing. Our job is investing. If you're looking for market timing, this is not the place to do that. And as a matter of fact, uh, history uh, really does play out that market timing does not right. work. It does not work, and we don't engage in market timing. Our our job is to help actually manage the behavior of our investors and allow the markets to do what they are normally going to do. And here's the fallacy of market timing. If you miss just a few days of yeah. a market upturn, you miss most of the gain that you could get in that market upturn. And so market timing is a fool's game, and we have just chosen not to play that game. Absolutely. And there's also uh, the advantage of reinvested dividends during that time, depending on what you're in. If that's a factor, you know, I'd like to have those dividends going in at a time when it's down. And like you said, John, if you, there's all kinds of studies out there that show if you miss the, the best three days in any given year or the best five days in any given year, how much of an impact that has on your overall performance. And the reality is, while we know the general patterns and can see that, we don't know, okay, of this calendar year, what are going to be the top five days? So we would rather focus on time in the market than timing the market. And also uh, some information from LPL Research we'll share with you. The median return after a market correction, and we go back to 1980 all the way through today, the median return 
is about 27.7%. Now, if you're sitting on the sideline to Janet's point and you don't know when that mm-hmm. that correction is over and that market run up, you could be sitting there waiting for a sign, if you will, yeah. and miss all the benefit. Yeah, I think we've had people, I think, in a client meeting room before talk about, well, I, I kind of sensed something was coming when, and I put all my money in cash, and maybe they got it right, but you got to be right twice yeah, on the market that's right. timing, right? That's right. Exactly you right. get out and preserve capital when the market goes down, but how do you know when to get back in? If you choose the wrong time to get back in, you're not doing yourself any favors. If, if you're that good, take it to Vegas and yeah, do what you no want. <laughs> yeah. No question about it. And if you just listen to what we're talking about here, there is lots of, of you know, unclear confusion and uh, you got to get it right. You got to get it lucky and all that type of thing. That's no way to live your mm-hmm. retirement. Right. What we do here at Gen Wealth is we base everything that we do on a plan. And that plan is actually based on tried and true investment principles. And that is, if you give equities enough time, they're going to work out and you're going to get the returns that you need in your plan if your plan is designed properly. Janet, when we think about the bucketing strategies you brought up a little bit earlier, the highest rate of return that we look for over a 25-year period of time in the market is 8%. Now, why did we actually nest up on 8%? Why not 10? Why not 12? Doesn't the market do better than 8%? So we don't put 8% on there as a goal, We put it on your plan because if you look back over the history of the markets, if you look at the worst 25-year time period there has ever been, it was 7.94%. Round it up slightly for an even number of 8%. If we get a repeat of the worst market we've ever had in the history of the markets, then your plan still works. So if we get better than that, then heck yeah, your plan still works. So if you think about that 25-year time period, that is kind of the long end of the game here. Right. That's what we're playing in terms of trying to get the gains that we need for the future, for your returns and things of that nature that you need to be able to keep pace with inflation. At the opposite end of the spectrum is cash. And if you take a look at how your plan is designed, we usually have somewhere between one and three years of cash or cash equivalents that we can liquidate without selling into the wind, so to speak, in a down market and be able to generate cash for our clients. That cash sustains your income and says, look, you've got money. You don't have to to sell anything in this market to generate your income. You actually have the cash available to do it. And then obviously in between the short term and the the extreme long term of 25 years, there's different uh, varieties of risk in the buckets that we prescribe. And, And in the middle of the bucket, frankly, is real estate. We have an asset diversification mm-hmm. strategy here at GenWealth that has bonds, has stocks, but sitting right in the middle is real estate. And what's happened over this period of time that yep. nobody's talking about at all yep. Real estate uh, investments have done exceedingly well, and we are able to harvest gains from those real estate investments and sustain that income over a longer period of time. That's actually what's made 2022 such a difficult year for people who are walking into or already into retirement is many of them who don't Mm -hmm. have a plan uh, through GenWealth and don't have that a third asset class yeah. in their portfolio, a 60-40 portfolio is not working. It has been roughed up considerably. In fact, down double digits a year to date. Right. Um, and the bond component of that 
has been beaten up severely, but having that third asset class this year in real estate has helped out the portfolios. Scott, I want to hang out there for a little bit, a little bit because we've talked a lot about the stock market in general yeah. today, but we haven't really discussed what you just brought up, which is the bond market. And you know, for for forty years or so, people have thought that bonds were safe. They're beginning, if they're looking at their statement, they're yeah, beginning to right. see that they're not just safe all the time. And and I know we've talked about this before, but we've been talking about it in a somewhat predictive manner that we're going to get to the point that this is happening. We're here now, and I want you to understand what's happening because you're seeing the stock market portion of your statement go down because of the volatility right now. But what's happening in the bond market is that bond prices and interest rates sit on opposite end of the seesaw. So when one side goes down, the other side goes up. Well, if you think back to the 80s, guys, remember at that point in the 80s, you could go to the bank and you could get a CD that was paying 15% interest. You know, interest rates were high. If you were on the earning side of it, great. If you were on the paying side of it, not so great. You know, but interest rates were high. And from that time until fairly recent history, interest rates have decreased. So remember the seesaw. If interest rates are going down, then bond prices are going up. That happened for basically 40 years. Anytime we see something happen for 40 years, we begin to think that it's permanent, that it will always happen that way. But now, what are interest rates doing? They're beginning to come up, which means what's happening to bond prices? They're beginning to go down. Now, if you hold an individual bond and it's paying you whatever rate it's paying you, you're going to get the value out of that, assuming the stability of the company that you're holding it with, you're going to get the value out of that at maturity. That is not how most people have their bonds. They have it in some type of bond fund in their retirement accounts. And that is going to fluctuate in value. And at this point, the fluctuation is in a negative direction. I don't believe, certainly in our careers, but I don't believe uh, we have seen a time in uh, recent retirement history when it was more important than right now to work with a professional to have a plan that deals with the volatility we're seeing in the stock market, what we're seeing in the bond market. And by the way, you can't just run to the bank and stick it in there for security because we're having inflation too. Mm -hmm. And so inflation is going to outpace your ability to purchase if you just play it completely safe. Playing it safe is not playing it safe anymore. You're going to lose that purchasing power. I want to mention, too, while we're talking about that, that is the subject of the fastest four minutes in finance this week. And if you're listening on the radio side, you're going to get that later. But if you have not subscribed to the fastest four minutes in finance, we're talking this week about the bond market and the outlook for the rest of the year, which, by the way, does look a little more positive than the first part of the year. But if you want to sign up and get those delivered directly to your email inbox, all you have to do is text the word FAST to 501-381-5228. That number is 501-381-5228. Just text the word FAST and you'll be able to sign up for the fastest four minutes in finance. It's a video segment uh, completed once a week, and it's always under four minutes in duration because we know your lives are busy. And this week we're talking about uh, bonds and their role in your portfolio and what may be coming as far as an outlook for the rest of 2022. So we've been talking a little bit. I wanted to kind of circle back. We when I when we hear the investment strategy and and the uh, asset class of real estate and how bonds are doing, we're really residing in the how part of this. Mm -hmm. But can we steer back to the what? Because the focus shouldn't be on your account value on your statements anyway. The 
focus for a near-term retiree should be income. And to John's point earlier, when you talk about having a cash reserve and you talk about having an implemented plan that is focused on income, is your paycheck on a monthly basis really affected by what's happening in a four-month period in the stock market? And the answer is no. No, it, it clearly is not. And and I think that, that what you're going to see, if you go back, uh, if you go forward in time and then you look back to this particular time, mm-hmm. what you're going to see is the people who actually sat down and had a plan and had a rational, reasonable process by which they were handling their investments then they're actually going to come out way better than people who don't have a plan and were reactionary in one way or the other. Almost every time your emotions take over in investing in personal finance, you're going to mess up. And that's what we want to try to prevent is a mess up by somebody because, frankly, at retirement, you don't have a lot of margin there to mess up. And if you make the wrong move at the wrong time for the wrong reason, then you're going to be in a situation where you don't want to be and you will have that self-fulfilling prophecy. Guys, I can't let this period of time go by without really acknowledging the fact that everybody that listens to this portion of the show is not a retiree drawing right. income. Exactly. They are putting money in their 401k plan and they're wondering, should I continue to do that? Do not make the mistake of other people that have gone this route in the past and stop putting money in your 401k because the market is down. You don't stop buying stuff because the prices went down. You stop buying stuff when you don't need to buy it anymore. And really, this is an opportunity for people who are accumulating money in the 401k plans Mm -hmm. to take advantage of prices that are lower than they've been in in a couple of years anyway. And so I think it's really, again, about perspective. If you have the right perspective, then you're going to do the right things. If you have the wrong perspective, you're going to do the wrong things. And you have to ask yourself, what is my perspective being driven by? Is it being driven by a trusted advisor who has come alongside me to help me get to where I need to go? Or is it being driven by voices and media and people that have an interest in my eyeballs watching their screens? Mm -hmm. Or is it someone who is alongside you for the ride? John, I'm going to take you back uh, in history here at GenWealth back to August of 2011. I know it's been a day or two, but uh, that is when the U.S. credit score got Mm. downgraded and the market, you know, gave an immediate reaction and took a dive. I don't remember by how much, but we, you and I were actually at a business conference with a lot of other advisors. And on the first day, there were a lot of people there. On the second day, there were not many advisors left in the room because most of them had gone back home to respond to clients who were in a panic. Yep. We didn't do that. Uh, I remember personally receiving one phone call from a client during that period of time, and it was a young person in her 20s. When you talk about you know people yeah. who are young and, and they're, they're scared by the news and whatever's going on, and we talked then about, look, for you, this is a tremendous opportunity for people who are, who are retired. If they're our clients, their assets are already segmented, and what's going down right now is money that they're not going to need for 15 years, so we've got time. We don't have to worry about a blip on the radar. If you're young, it's an opportunity to put more money in. And by the way, if your 401k has a match, as most mm-hmm. of them do, you're all already getting free money. So use yours and the company's match to get that free money and get additional shares of whatever it is that you're purchasing. If you're retired, 
if all your assets are in one basket and the entire account, you know, everything that you're looking at is going down, then you need to get a plan so that it doesn't act that way. But if you're looking at this and this is money you don't need for another 15 years, that's a different scenario. Scott, I think that uh, when you uh, look at times like we're in right now, it really gives me uh, great solace in, in understanding the wisdom that I was given many, many years ago is never as good or as bad as mm-hmm. you think it is. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think back just a year or so ago, it was happy days are here again. Market was on fire and and everybody was you know doing well. And man, this thing's going to the moon and all that. And I've said then never as good or as bad as you think it is. Just keep that in mind. This too shall pass. And I said that in client meetings, this too, the good times will strip, shall pass. And the people look at me like, well, what, what do you mean? It's going to pass. And today it's, <laughs> mm-hmm. th- this is where we are. This too shall pass. We will come back from this. And if you have a strategy that, uh, that goes back to the patience, the preparation and the diversification you're going to be just fine. I, the history's proved that out, and we believe that that will prove out to be the case in the future. We sure don't like patience, do we? No, I mean, we don't <laughs> like patience. That's the hardest part of all of this. It but. is incredibly hard, and and we get so conditioned to when times are good that we think that recency bias yep. kicks in, and mm-hmm. we think all oh, things are always going to be good. And I love Janet what you brought to the table today in the in the discussion of this, and that is perspective. If you go mm-hmm. back and look at just a couple of years ago, and I even talked about when where we were in March of 2020. Oh yeah. We're yeah. way up from where we were in March of 2020, yeah. even with the downturns that we're going through right now. I mentioned at the early part of the show, people want to experience order predictability and control in their lives that comes from looking at maslow's hierarchy of needs and the need for safety you can't find that in the market but you can find that in a plan in a retirement income plan there's order predictability and control that's one of my final thoughts before we got to the final thought bell. But now <laughs> you heard the bell in the background. It is time for final thoughts to wrap up the Get Ready for the Future show. We'll start with Janet. Guys, I'm going to go to the Gen Wealth Standards, and that's really a piece that we use more internally to define who we are as a company, what our company culture is. But one of them is we do not fear. And that is to remind us about making business decisions and things like that, that we need to make wise, knowledgeable decisions and not make them based on fear. I would encourage you to take that Genwell standard and apply it to your investment decisions, that you not make decisions based on fear. That never leads you to a wise decision. Janet, I would say that the absolute worst position that you can be in in a downturn in the market is to be scared out of the market. You need to be diversified, yes, and and you should have already done that. And if you are diversified, make wise choices about what you're doing. Think about the American economy. Think five years, 10 years, 15 years down the road. If you really truly believe in the American economy, you're going to think that things are going to be better in the future than they are right now. And if you don't think that, then maybe you, you do not belong in the market. But I believe that if you take a look at history, anytime someone is bet against the American economy, they've lost. And what we want you to do is to win. We don't want you to lose. We want you to win. Base your plan on long-term sage advice, not on speculation and fear. How do you know if you're on track for a successful retirement or does your quote unquote plan fall apart at the hint of a market downturn? You can get your retirement checkup for free in just 15 minutes. Text the word checkup to 501-381-5228 or visit 15minuteretirement.com. 
And that is all the time we have for this week's show. We thank you very much for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. We hope that we have provided a little more perspective in the midst of all of this noise. And we'll do it again next time. We hope you'll be with us. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to help us get the word out on building toward financial independence, leave us a rating and review. The Gen Wealth financial team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.